Welcome to RADCAST, a series of youth-created podcasts showcasing the Allegheny Regional Asset District, RAD, which provides financial support to Allegheny County's libraries, parks and trails, arts and cultural organizations, regional attractions, sports and civic facilities, and public transit. I'm Morgan McCray. Joining me this week is Sky Schmidt. This episode includes segments on the Frick Pittsburgh, as well as the Pittsburgh Glass Center. But first, we'll be taking a closer look at the Pittsburgh Festival Opera. My name is Emma Giamenko, and this is a Rad Minute all about Pittsburgh Festival Opera. Pittsburgh Festival Opera is an innovative opera, including producing American works and their reinterpretations of older works and new works for the widest possible audience located in Pittsburgh, PA. The mission of Pittsburgh Festival Opera is focusing on diversity in their programming and casting. They also focus on crossing boundaries and bringing together talents from all the arts and encouraging new talent. Originally called Opera Theatre Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Festival Opera was founded in 1978, which means they've been producing operas for 44 years. Like all rad assets, Pittsburgh Festival Opera helps make Allegheny County a great place to live by allowing diversity and focusing on other talents from all the arts. To learn more about Pittsburgh Festival Opera and how you can attend a performance or get involved, you can visit their website at pittsburghfestivalopera.org. Next up, we have the Pittsburgh Glass Center by Jewel Smallis. Could you imagine if Pittsburgh was known as the glass city instead of the steel city? Well, it almost was. Pittsburgh was one of the leading cities for glass production in the 1920s before the production of steel. Though glass has been shattered by our steel production, glass art has not been forgotten. In fact, Pittsburgh has a world-class glass center located on Penn Avenue. The Pittsburgh Glass Center is a gallery that is free to the public where anyone can take classes, watch professionals, or just enjoy the space. I spoke to Paige Ilkinapur, where we spoke about the Glass Center's mission, the process to blow glass, and the artists that use the space. The mission of the Glass Center is all about glass art. We teach it, we create it, we promote it, and we support those who make it. Since the beginning, the goal of the Glass Center has been to create a community of glass artists here in Pittsburgh to have a facility that was open to anyone and everyone who wanted to learn about glass in any way they can. The Glass Center is free, so anybody can come in and watch glass making and sign up for a class and try it yourself. Artists using the space are able to participate in a residency program, where traveling and local artists can take advantage of the Glass Center space to create and exhibit their work. It's very expensive to build your own glass blowing studio in your home. So that's what makes it convenient for glass artists in Pittsburgh. They can come here, rent the studio, make their production work, and then sell it on their website or in their store. Everything from flame work to jewelry to tableware the artists are making here. And then one of a kind individual art pieces that they will exhibit in galleries across the country or whenever they have an exhibition. We have a really robust residency program. So artists who are established or emerging or even artists that don't know anything about glass are invited to come here, work with glass artists or use our studios to experiment. The works from the residence artists portray their messages with different techniques and mediums, such as including paints and drawings into their work. The featured artists are even showed on a Netflix series, Blown Away, where some of the artists and guest judges are from the Pittsburgh Glass Center. Artists from the show and artists from all over the country will be shown in an upcoming exhibit, Art on Fire. Janusz Pozniak, he is our guest artist for Art on Fire this year. Janusz has been making glass for over 30 years. He lives in Seattle and has worked with Theo Chihuly, Lino Tagli-Pietro, the best glass artists in the world, and been honing his skills using Italian techniques. 
when he makes his art, it's super technical, but he makes it look so easy. Along with professional glass art opportunities, there are youth programs. In fact, when I was in middle school, our school took a trip to create a glass art piece for our graduating class. We have a middle school program, and it's just middle school students, so it's pretty cool that you could work with students from all over the city as well. Kids age 13 and up get together once a week after school, and they can work in the kiln shop to learn about fusing and stained glass, and learn about glass blowing, and learn about flame working, work at the torch. Working with something at 2,000 degrees makes you pay attention. Honestly, when you make glass for anyone, people say that it's their escape because when you're working at 2,000 degrees, you can't focus on anything else. You can't be thinking about what you're going to make for dinner or who you're going to go to the movies with later. You really have to be in the moment and focus on what you're doing. To learn how to create glass in order to get started on a Netflix show or just to watch the professionals, visit the pittsburghglasscenter.org. I think it's really cool how they have like kind of an open studio type thing where anyone can really come in and do it because like that just kind of gives way for more people to like be able to make the art locally so then more people will be able to like see it and I thought that was really cool and how like a lot of the people from the Netflix show that they brought up were from Pittsburgh. Yeah, that is interesting. Personally, I didn't know glass blowing was like such an art. So it's really cool to like have this space in your city to just like go experience something new. And I guess glass blowing is super big. So it's definitely resourceful. Like she said, people can't build glass blowing stations in their homes. It's a little dangerous. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. You're able to perfect your craft, but then like also newcomers could come in and just like see something new, try something new if they decide to. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought it was really cool how she said that people can go and like kind of learn how to blow glass and things like that on their own with like not spending a crazy amount of money on it. Right. And even to have like middle school and high school classes. Yeah. I know like we're not going to glass blow in our rooms. So it's, it would be really cool to take a field trip there and learn something new and learn a new type of art that people don't really talk about much. Our last piece today by Ava Lockett is on the Frick Pittsburgh. Let's take a listen. In the Pittsburgh neighborhood of Point Breeze is the Frick Pittsburgh. The historic house museum was the former house of Henry Clay Frick, an industrialist and art collector, and the Frick Art Museum is the legacy of his daughter, Helen Clay Frick. I had the opportunity to speak with Don Reed Breen, the chief curator and director of collections at the Frick, to learn more about its intricate history and where they are today. The Frick is really special. It's essential to anyone who wants to know Pittsburgh history, and not just Pittsburgh history, but American history. You want to learn about coming to Clayton and to hear a tour of how Mr. Frick, who was a power player in the Gilded Age, shaping Pittsburgh history, but also shaping American industrial history, it's a place to learn about that. The Frick family is important to Pittsburgh's history. The family's estate stretches across 10 acres on the East End. But what makes this museum really special? Breen spoke on why people should visit the Frick and why it stands apart from other museums located in Pittsburgh. This Frick is, it's a beautiful campus, whether you're going through the historic house or whether you're sitting in our galleries and taking in a painting or the latest exhibition, or even if you're just sitting on our grounds. I think a walk through our campus can, can really warm you up, and taking in art is always restorative. I've always wondered how exhibits are chosen in museums and who is in charge of making those decisions. At the Frick Museum, this process is very collaborative and complex. Right now, we have a committee of internal staff, and 
we get a lot of outside proposals from people who have things that they think would interest us. And it involves everybody from our marketing, advancement team, territorial, and education. So it's really a group collaborative effort. And we ask ourselves, does this meet our goals? Is it furthering our mission to be more inclusive, to be more welcoming to visitors? And once we kind of narrow it down to that, we decide how it fits in with our collection, how it fits in with the rest of the exhibitions that are slated for a particular calendar year. We like to have a nice balance of historic and contemporary, fine arts and For decades, the Frick has curated a variety of exhibits. Breen talked about her personal favorite exhibition that the Frick has ever done and all about pairing old art with modern art. My favorite show that we've done here at the Frick has to be Lay, and it paired these two extraordinary works of art looking at the same subject, which is a biblical story called Judith and Holofernes but they are 400 years apart. So one is created by a famed female artist working in the 1600s in Rome, and the other is by a Black contemporary artist working here in America, named Kendi Wiley. And having those two masterworks in conversation in our gallery was so special. It was kind of an emotional experience bringing those two paintings in. We'll be doing more of those kinds of exhibitions where we can have historic artwork in conversation with modern artwork so you can learn more about how art history kind of repeats and circulates upon itself and how everything influences the next generation. The Frick is a place for everyone to enjoy. Brian spoke on the Frick Pittsburgh's past perception of who is welcome there and the way they wish to be viewed in the future. We're opening our doors wider to anyone who wants to visit us. I think for a long time there used to be a really traditional and kind of conservative feeling to our site, which is probably a, a vestige of the Gilded Age origins. But really, we are a place for everyone. We're a place for everyone in our community, everyone from the outside who wants to learn about Pittsburgh. We've really try to make the Frick friendlier and to be a place where everyone feels welcomed and valued and respected. To learn more about the current exhibits, visit the Frick Pittsburgh's website at thefrickpittsburgh.org or their campus in Pittsburgh's neighborhood of Point Breeze. I really liked when they talked about how they can exhibit older art with new art at the same time. I think that sometimes in museums you kind of get one or the other or you get art that focuses on a very specific genre per se. So it's a unique experience you would get at the Frick and I think it's really interesting. I think it's cool. I'm a big fan of like museums, especially art museums, and hearing them talk about like how they choose what goes in to each exhibit and what they pick and how they pick it was really like interesting for me because I never really knew how they did that. Mm -hmm. And they do it with so much like time and effort and it's it's definitely like a whole organization experience. So the inclusivity is nice. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting how they talked about what people may have thought of the frick in the past and what it is now. I think sometimes places have a hard time addressing like things that may have been thought of them in the past. So I do think it was a really important addition to the piece. Yeah, I like how she made it a point to talk about their conscious effort to Mm -hmm. make it like more appealing to a different audience. Right. It was really great being able to learn about these three places in Pittsburgh that I hadn't known much about before. 
Thank you to the Allegheny County Regional Asset District for making this possible and see you next time.